Hey everyone, welcome to Salary Capped. I am Tyler Curran. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now in July 2020, the Washington football team ditched their previous nickname under intense social and economic pressures. And the team plans to stick with their generic nickname until early 2022, when the club will announce a new name, right? So marketing strategy and activation for Metaforce teamed up with The Athletic and they conducted a simulation to rename the Washington football team with a series of panels and focus groups involving former players, longtime fans, and others in the Washington, D.C. sports scene. Joining me now to discuss this is Alan Adamson. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Metaforce. Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me, Tyler. It's fun to be here. So, Alan, first question. I'm really excited to talk about this because this doesn't happen very often, right? This isn't a thing that happens all the time with teams rebranding and renaming themselves. Uh, Tell me about this simulation and how it really came about. Well, uh, they approached us and said, gee, because I work with them quite a bit on a number of other stories, and said, how would you go about renaming the team? There's a lot of talk about it. And I said, well, uh, it's interesting to see how they're doing it. The first story came out was, are they going to move fast? And I said, I hope they don't move fast, because this is not going to be easy. As you just said, the older the name, the more heritage it is, the harder it is to replace it, because everyone is so in that world that almost anything else looks terrible. So um, we started the process as we would for any corporate client or product client. We uh, did some what we call management interviews to get at the essence of the Washington franchise. And uh, the athletic uh, set us up with former players and fans. And so we dove in to try to identify, other than the name, what's the DNA? Uh, what's the What are the roots of the organization? What are the cultures? What are the... The, the the stories, you know, what do fathers tell their sons about the team? So we had to get our headset on and do a Vulcan mind meld with diehard Washington fans. So this is really interesting. The six names that you landed on uh, as potential names for the club, you have DCFC, the Red Hogs, Districts, Belters, Command, and defiance. When coming up with this list, what did you use as the basis of where to kind of draw your inspiration and these names from? So once we found out the essence of the franchise history, the folklore, then we looked at, of course, what other teams do. They sometimes look at geography. Uh, Clearly, a football team can't be named the Petunias. You know, it has to have some degree of gravitas. And so we generated hundreds of names like we would for a client because the issue is both a creative and what can they have? What can they own? What could they trademark? And so for every 10 names, nine disappear either because somebody's too close to it or they can't. So we have to generate a lot of trademarks. And once we had that big group, then we worked with uh, the uh, the team to sort of willow it, widow it down. Um, and that's how we got to that list of six, um, which is what we try to do with the client because – uh, if you only give them one name and then something when they finally do the trademark search and do the deep dive and find out there's somebody in a in a small house somewhere that actually owns the URL, then all of a sudden it goes away. So we try to get clients comfortable with four or five good choices. And, you know, as it turns out, like most naming things, nothing is perfect. You'll never get 10 people to agree this is a great name. You, at best, you'll get six or seven to say great and three to say terrible. So you have to have a variety of things in there because nothing is perfect. That's a really good point. So from that perspective, as you were talking to focus groups, what was some of the feedback that you received? And was there anything about how they felt about their team that kind of stuck out to you specifically uh, when it came to uh, to renaming them? 
Well, you know, I, I, I think one of the things, which is where the name Red Hogs came from, uh, as I was told, that they were often referred to as the Red Hogs uh, in, in previous times. And so uh, that's where that name came from. It was not us going through the Sothoris and pulling out words and what do you think of this one? Um, and to us, Red Hogs was sort of interesting because animals um, are common in sports. Um, and, you know, red hogs are not friendly animals. You, you probably, I didn't know anything about it until we started to, uh, ask, uh, Google about it. But, you know, they're not, you, you wouldn't want to be, you know, cornered with a red hog on the other side of you. So that's how that name came about. And as you, uh, alluded to, uh, you know, part of what we, when we look at naming, we try to get out of the bubble because everyone, if you look at sports names, everyone plays the same game. They're all, you know, it's a very tight playbook. So part of what we try to do is zoom out because, you know, you may not be able to differentiate if you keep everything the same. But if you pull back a bit, uh, which is how the DCFC came up, because uh, as you mentioned, you're a soccer fan uh, in the Premier League. You know, these teams are not called teams, they're called, you know, sports clubs. And clubs has an interesting idea attached to it, which is clubs bring the players and the fans together as a place you go to hang out. And so that's how the DCFC you know, DC football club that came out. So each of them, what's important uh, when we do this is that other than say, I don't like red hogs or I don't like blue hogs is to have a story that the team or the CEO or the people who work there can say, Oh, we chose this name because here's the story. Cause if there's no story that, you know, we sort of liked it and the red petunias seemed fun, you know, then it's going to get totally chewed up on social media. Yeah, and I suppose when you talk about that story element, you know, one of the things about sports teams uh, and one of the things that they can do is really create communities around uh, around themselves, right? And so you're you're looking to connect fans and bring people together. So having a story that people can latch onto really helps them uh, when it comes to attaching themselves to the larger brand story, right? Right. It gives them and has it gives them a way to go to market and say, look, unlike other teams where you go and watch, Washington is going to be a club where you're invited in to be part of the experience. Now, it, you know, uh, it's it really easy to say that or hard to, 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 to make it, to make it happen. Now you've done rebrands outside of just sports, right? You've worked with other larger brands on, on this sort of thing. So from that broad history of doing rebrands, uh, what are some of the larger challenges and pitfalls uh, that you're trying to navigate and, and trying to kind of maneuver your way around? Well, the, the biggest one, you know, is that everyone thinks they're a naming expert. You, you present, we're going to call you the districts, and everyone in the room takes out a pen and starts saying, well, what about the district hogs? Or, you know, everyone, you know, I've named my child, I named my dog, I named my goldfish. You know, so everyone is an expert. So anytime you're trying to sell an idea to everyone in the room who thinks they are already great at this, it's very hard. Uh, and unlike when you show a TV commercial and you show it and you screen it, but most people in the room couldn't film it that way, couldn't write it that way. That you know, they have some appreciation. You know, you show a name, you know, you know, the security guard will start suggesting things. In fact, that's what's you know, they they open up the process as I've understand it, and there are like forty thousand fans that have submitted names for them to consider. So the the issue after a certain point, when you have this many names, is how to get focus because. No one is, you know, every name is going to have an issue, which you try to avoid are the name issues that, do you know what this means in Spanish? What do you pick this up? You know, so you try to avoid the obvious 
you know, hitting the ball into the tennis. You, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. But after you do that, then it becomes a choice. You know, what a name can only do one thing for a business. What's the most important thing this name can do? Now, why this is really tough in sports is that if, you know, they change the name of your dessert topping, you know, most people, all right, I'll buy that. Or they change the name of, you know, your eyeglass company, all right. But when they change the name of your football team or your baseball team or your hockey team, those are what we call, without getting wonky, badge brands. People wear them literally on their shirt. <laughs> you know, they, they, they merge with the identity of that organization. So it's not like they're going to switch to another spaghetti sauce if they don't like the name. You know, if their team, it's so much a part of the deep fans life from wearing the, the name to putting the bumper sticker on to, you know, taking their grandkids there. So it, it's really hard to, um, to uh, to downplay how passionate they are, which is another strategy. Or you can't keep all the people, but you need to really make sure that your heavy users, if you're talking business, your core customers, you know, your fanatical fans, if they're unhappy, you, it's a no go. You know, you know, you could have a few light fans unhappy. You always have some people, unhappy. but if if the diehard fan is unhappy, you, you can't get off the launch pad. Are there steps that a team like the Washington football team should take once they've chosen a new name? Uh, you know, different things that they should do uh, to be proactive about things, right? Like uh, meeting with supporters groups, meeting with fans and, and that sort of thing to try to make sure that everyone's on board. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you got to do some research, not to hopefully tell you which name to choose, but just so you understand just how angry or how happy each group is. Uh, and you can do your trade off, you know, and the most other important thing is, you don't show them the name naked. You don't do a press release. Say, hey, we're thinking about calling this team the Washington Monuments. And, um, because, you know, without the whole story around it, if you don't package it, if you don't, you know, introduce it like they might see it with a piece of film and some music and tell it instantly connected to the story. You know, if you just put the word out there, monuments, you know, boom, you, you, know, you don't, you don't see day two. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a really good point. What what are some of the hallmarks of a successful rollout of a rebrand? You know, I assume that there has to be follow-up there uh, in order to really get the buy-in necessary for something like this to be successful. Well, the first the first rollout is trying to get it sold internally, which is a big thing in most companies. That the CEO may like it, but the president may not like it. So lots of opinion. So what do we do inside a company is we don't just show the Washington monuments on a piece of white paper and say, what do you think of this name? We bring it to life. We prototype it. So that all of a sudden, even inside the company, it, it comes to life with its story attached. We might start off with a little, you know, paragraph introducing this new team that's more like a club than a team, a club that you can belong to. And we seed the story before we pay off the line. Cause if you get the story in and then the line comes and the name comes and you put the two together. If you see the name Amazon and you don't have the story, you'll think, well, you know, why would I buy things in a jungle? So, um, you know, very important. The same goes true for launch. What we want to do is tell the story first about how important it is to belong to a club and, you know, why this club is going to be really inclusive and a great place to hang out and spend Sunday afternoons or Monday nights. Get the story really baked into someone's head and then, you know, drop the name on top and hope the two connect. Uh, uh, and so that's what you'd want to do during launch. 
If we go back and talk about the Washington football team again just for a second, was there a particular challenge presented by the fact that there was a lot of animosity built up over time towards their previous nickname, right? At the end of the day, I think a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouth regarding what they'd been called for, for so long. Did that play into your thinking at all, just knowing that maybe you had to be a little bit more safe in terms of what you were going to choose? Great question. You know, that's, yeah. Typically, when you're uh, dealing with a sports team, the meaner, the edgier, the more aggressive the name, the better. You know, we're going to demolish the opponent. Um, but in this case, we didn't want to go over that line, touch the chalk, as they say on the side, because they had already had a name that was ruffling feathers. And while they wanted to have a really good name, you know, every name is polarizing in some way, but they didn't want to make the same mistake in a different venue or a different direction that would, you know, because it's such a painful process. The longer the name's been around, you know, pe people are really creatures of habits, consumers are creatures. So getting them to even, you know, I still, when in New York City, uh, uh, to date myself, you know, when I pass the MetLife building, which is over at Grand Central, you know, I still think of Pan Am. So, you know, it, it, you know, these names don't jump in and out of your head. Uh, so uh, we try to, Find something edgy because if it's the other thing is if everyone likes it and sort of the Washington Supremes, you know, that's all right. You know, if there's no passion behind it, it also fails. So you have to get, you know, between edgy and homogenized, <laughs> you, you've got to navigate that because if everyone says it's a good name, typically it's a boring name and it's totally forgettable. You know, so another dimension is how sticky this is. You know, you hear it once. Do you remember it? Does it have a story that comes naturally? Um, uh, because if it's a name that, well, what was the new name? Was it something to do with some area in Washington? Was it, you know, was it the, you know, the senators? Was, was that the name? Oh, no, maybe it was a different building. So, you know, you know, so, you know, we had names like, you know, the senators and of course there are other teams like that. But, you know, if you go down that route, you get what people say. Well, that makes sense. No one really, well, any name that was another third rail. When we were doing this a year ago, because we started this process last summer, uh, you know, the, the world was so politically polarized, it probably still is, that, you know, we didn't go near anything that could touch the third rails of being seen as either a red or blue uh, state. We had to, even though we were in Washington, we couldn't touch, you know, 95% of the things going on in Washington, uh, unless we went back to George Washington. <laughs> Yeah, you know, th that's an excellent point. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I guess whatever they choose, they have to be confident in, right? Because it'll be their third nickname in, in just a few years, right? And that's not the kind of continuity you're looking for when you're looking to build a brand and connect with fans. Right. It's a very expensive. You want to build it. And ultimately, you know, getting back to the point I made, you want people to wear this emotionally as their badge. Uh, and hopefully buy lots of sweatshirts and hats uh, uh, to pay for the cost of uh, doing the change. Now, you know, most of the cost for uh, changing names today is not so much changing the signs at the stadium. It's it's the digital expression. That, but um, there's also some authenticity, and teams that have been around a long time really benefit from that, you know, been, you know, been, been the football team since 1965.
Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you get that generational aspect of things, right? Uh, like your grandfather is a fan, he passes it on to your dad, and then you're a fan. And it was almost decided what your loyalty was going to be before you even came around, right? Right, right. There's, it's a heritage. And, you know, a lot of the good names, like cowboys, <laughs> uh, are are gone, you know, because those are simple names, uh, like Amazon taking the Amazon River. You know, it's, it's, if you get to a name that sounds like a pharmaceutical, uh, you, which you probably need to do in most categories today to get a name you can own, uh, it doesn't have a lot of, uh, it's not a very accessible name. So, Alan, when they announce what the final name will end up being, how will you personally judge the success of that particular choice? What will that look like in your mind? How their diehard fans react to it. You know, because if you go on social media, I'm sure you'll find lots of people going crazy and hating it. But if those people go to one game every five years, you'll have to live with it. <laughs> you know, but you can't have the people that, uh, you know, walk around wearing the Washington team shirt not be happy. So you, you try to look at heavy users and you see which issues are, which things are going to pass and which things might never pass. So, uh, it's, uh, it's not a, picking the right one is is very hard because you can't do research because you know, consumers can't tell you what's around the corner. I mean, you can find research to know all the issues with each name, but since every name will have a different bucket of issues, pronounceability, you know, aggressiveness, you know, relevance to the Washington Baltimore area, you know, the, the, you, unlike other marketing decisions where you say, oh, we tested well on 72%. of it. Look, our sales went up 70%. You, they can't do that. Uh, and they can only announce it once. They can't go back and say, oops, you know, we decided you didn't like it. So after three weeks, we're going to we're gonna go with the uh, number two choice now. I mean, it happens in business all the time. But, uh, you know, it's such a visible podium that, uh, you know, I'm sure they didn't want to announce it at a press conference and then end up, you know, eating crow the next day. Yes, that would be quite a bad look indeed. So, Alan, how can people find out more about your company and what Metaforce does? Metaforce.com. Uh, you know, we do all, all sorts of how do you tell a company or a product story and how do you bring it to life and how do you do both well? Excellent stuff. That's Alan Adamson. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Metaforce. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, breaking this whole thing down for us, the simulation that you did with The Athletic and talking a little bit more about rebrands in general. I appreciate your time. It was a great time talking to you. Thank you again. Take care. Have a good day. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into another episode of Salary Capped. If you enjoyed this one, make sure to go back and check out previous episodes of the show. We have a lot of interesting stuff there at the intersection of sports and business for you uh, to enjoy. Go back and check out those previous episodes and make sure to subscribe on marketscale.com, also Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes of Salary Capped. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>